This is Jimmy Scroggins. I'm the lead pastor at Family Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. In this current COVID reality, we're focusing on all the ways that we can stay flexible, adaptable, and agile so that we can impact our rapidly changing world for the sake of the gospel. We're all in this together. We're all learning from each other. We are church for the rest of us. So welcome back to Church for the Rest of Us. Jimmy Scroggins here, as always, in our offices in downtown West Palm Beach, Florida, where it's beautiful and sunny year-round. Also joining me today, as always, our co-host, Leslie Bennett, and regular on our program, one of our family church pastors, Aaron Philippone, my longtime friend and compadre in the ministry, multiple cities, multiple churches, multiple eras of life. Leslie, we're still trying to figure out what to do coming out of COVID. I know our listeners are as well. And so we have a lot to talk about, some strategies, some ways to think about church as we move forward. That's right. So we're talking about church reimagined and the things that we're thinking about right now. And one of the things that we've been talking about lately is how we have 52 special events a year. So Pastor Jimmy, what do you mean when you talk to our team about 52 special events a year? Well, we don't take those for granted, do we? So 52 special events a year, there are 52 Sundays every year the most important special events that we have at our church take place on Sunday mornings. And for some of our listeners, you have services at other times, but just take it for that. What I mean is your regular scheduled main worship services. And in my opinion, you shouldn't have any events that are more important than those. So we're really talking a little bit about getting rid of the sideways energy, right, Pastor Aaron? So what do you think when you think about 52 special events? Yeah, well, 52 is a lot. So just to do that and do it well with excellence takes a lot of effort and energy. And a lot of churches, especially the more established they are, start adding on additional programming that if you're not careful, it can really take your focus and attention off of the Sunday morning environment. That's right. And so that's an exercise we really went through with you as our leader, Pastor Jimmy. When you came here to First Baptist Church of West Palm Beach, Mm -hmm. we had a lot of ministries happening. We did, and good ministries Mm -hmm. that did a lot of good for the Lord. And that's the hard part about it is we call things sideways energy. It almost sounds like an insult, but we don't mean it that way. Mm -hmm. There are good people doing good ministry that really makes a difference. The problem is if you're going to be a church You've got to decide what is your main business. What are your main tasks? What are your main strategic meetings, gatherings, uh, emphases that make you the church that God wants you to be in your context? So when I came here, look, our church had, and you guys can chime in if I forget them, but I mean, yeah, we had Sunday morning services plus Sunday school, but then we also had Wednesday night programs, Sunday night programs. We had an all-week dinner. Wednesday night dinner, mm-hmm. Wednesday a power lunch, which was a kind of a business lunch that had kind of turned into more of a senior adult lunch over the years. We had a visitation from time to time. We had a restaurant that was open six days a week. We upward basketball. Upward basketball and a whole yeah. fitness center that yep. was manned with memberships that we were managing mm-hmm. um, year-round and that was open six days a week. Uh, We had a pregnancy center, a clothing center, a feeding center, a medical clinic with doctors Mm -hmm. and nurses and and dentists and uh, all the equipment and payroll and everything that goes with that. Mm -hmm. Pregnancy center, we sure did. Ultrasound machines and doctors. Singing Christmas tree. We had a singing Christmas tree. Mm -hmm. A big Christmas pageant that took us 10 months a year to Mm -hmm. prepare for and, uh, and put on. We had a maternity home. I don't think I did I already say that. I've said so many things, but a maternity <laughs> home. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. And so when I first uh, was coming to First Baptist, Leslie, you were on the search committee that called me here 
And when I first looked at all that, I was like, wow, this is a church that's really impacting their community. But when I got here, I realized that we were impacting our community. A lot of great people were giving money, giving time, uh, prayers, effort, and, and changed lives as a result. But the problem was it was actually draining attention, energy, resources away from the main thing that our church was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So our 52 special events a year. So I think one of the challenging things that I've seen you have to navigate is people have a passion for these things. They do. And they really have a heart for ministry, and we want to encourage that. So how can a pastor who has somebody coming to them all the time with their great ministry ideas, which are very valid and we want to support them, how can they steer that in a way that doesn't become something that's add-on that's taking away and draining from the main mission of the church. Yeah, well, the last thing I want to do is for our listeners to feel like I'm throwing shade on your ministries that you have, because I have great friends that pastor churches that have all of the ministries I just listed and more, and they do a great job. And it's just part of the heartbeat of the church. And I recognize that. And so you have to contextualize this advice that I'm giving to your own situation. But If your church is struggling with the 52 special events a year, if your attendance is struggling, your giving is struggling, your evangelism is struggling, your discipleship is struggling, you're going to have to focus on the main program of your church, which is the 52 special events a year. When I got here, our church was in steep decline by every measure, uh, by giving, uh, by budget, by attendance, by baptisms, by number of groups, by number of volunteers by an aging congregation, our church was on the struggle bus by any measure of health. And so these other ministries were actually making it more difficult to turn those things around. So we use the word picture of the aircraft carrier all the time. And we said, if you have an aircraft carrier, the way that the aircraft carrier really does a lot of damage is you fly planes off the deck and then they go attack and then they come back and land to refuel, And which is great. But the problem is, If you don't pay attention to the aircraft carrier and use all of your resources to keep the planes flying, eventually your aircraft carrier will break down. You'll have a hole in the hull. If you don't repair it, your aircraft carrier will sink and then you will have no planes and nowhere to send the planes from. So there are times when you got to land the planes and ground the planes so that you can repair the aircraft carrier so you can live to fight another day. And for that season, that's exactly what we did. So we literally grounded all the planes. Now, you asked me, what can a pastor do? So here's what we did because we recognize, you know, every ministry has a constituency. When you shut down a restaurant, there are the restaurants there because some people like to eat there and some people work there. Mm -hmm. And when you shut down the maternity home, people know people whose lives have been changed and they've given big money to make that happen. Same with the pregnancy center, the medical center, et cetera. What we try to do is in every uh, possible case, to either spin that ministry off of its, as its own 501c3 charitable organization, as we did with the medical clinic. The medical clinic, 12 years later, still exists today, bigger, better, healthier than ever. They're still part of our church's budget, so we help to fund it, and people still volunteer and serve there. But we don't have the responsibility for the facilities, for the payroll, for the HR issues that come up. They can do that on their own. We took our pregnancy center, which for a time was a key core ministry of our church, we merged it with our countywide evangelical pregnancy ministry. And now the reach and the scope and the scale of it is way bigger and better for doing that. Our, I don't think very many people would argue that our church is 
worse off for not doing the Christmas pageant. I think all of us would acknowledge, although there were some great days and some great things happened through that pageant, we're better off focusing on some other things. So I just would encourage pastors and listeners, find other ways to direct. So so like even people who love to feed people, there are just people in our church that love the idea of feeding the hungry. So we actually partner with an organization called Feed, feed the, the hungry. hungry. Feed the Hungry. And they can do that. And so we direct giving resources and volunteers to these other organizations that specialize in these different areas of ministry. And then we don't have the responsibility for operating them, funding them, running them all on our own. So some of our partnerships that we've formed over the years with different churches, they've also have some ministries that they've partnered with. So basically what we encourage, just as with churches, is in this area, let's form some community partnerships and let's support them. Like you said, let's get our people to support them. So we're not giving up on them, right, Pastor Aaron? We're just finding other ways to support them, either through finances of our church or volunteers that we can send their mm-hmm. way. Can you think of some examples that we have happening right now? With yeah. Our other- yeah, that's exactly right. So so if you want to make Sunday special, if you want these 52 events to actually be special, you've got to put the right amount of emphasis into them. And so just as Pastor Jimmy was saying, there's certain things that maybe they can be spun off into their own entity as their own organization, or maybe they can be de-escalated in their emphasis, or maybe they could even be brought in on Sunday morning. So you asked for an example. Uh, we have a, a great group of people that have a love for prison ministry. And uh, they've asked uh, for years that we would come around them and help support this ministry. And we've, we've found some ways to do that, but we want to make sure that this is driving towards Sunday morning attendance. So as they do their 10 weeks of training, we do ask that, hey, for a couple of times, we want we want to have your entire group come on a Sunday morning and we want to recognize you on our platform. We want to commission you. We want you to bring your family members to church with you on Sunday morning because we want you to see what it's like to be a part of one of our morning gatherings. You're not just renting space. You're not just using our facility. This is a ministry of family church of which most of the people in it are members of our church. Let's highlight that on a Sunday morning. We do the same thing with we make our greatest or our, our biggest attempt for student ministry happens on Sunday mornings. Uh, our greatest programming for kids ministry happens on Sunday morning. We're going to do everything we can to try to drive attention to the Sunday morning environment because we want Christians to do what they've been doing for 2000 years. We want them to get together once a week with their church family. And, and so these are some ways that we try to encourage that. That's great. Yeah, I love the things that we see happening. So we've talked, I think, already on what it what it takes to refocus a church on Sunday mornings. So why do you advocate for this? Like, why do you think that we should refocus on our 52 special events a year? I mean, again, not casting shade on what other people do, but why is it so important to you, Pastor Jimmy, to you, Pastor Aaron, that this is our focus? Well, I would just say when we first came to First Baptist West Palm, because we were struggling I actually had an opportunity to to play golf with John Maxwell, and he writes about leadership, and I've heard him speak, and so it's a great opportunity. And when I first started to to meet with him, he really felt like our church, because of our situation, had very limited potential. And I said, okay, but like that's my church, that's where I go. Thank you for <laughs> that encouragement. Right. But you know, what what can I do? And he said, well, you only have one choice: you have to grow. And you have to grow on Sundays. And anything you're doing that's drawing attention and resources and energy away from growing on Sundays is sideways energy that's actually hurting your church. Because if you don't grow, you're going to die. And if you do grow, you'll outgrow all of the problems that you're having. And he was so right. 
And that's what I'd encourage all of our listeners, a small church, big church, medium-sized church, small town, big town, medium-sized town. For all of us, we've got to keep thinking, how can we grow our weekend worship service? That kind of becomes a performance engine for the entire church. And I just think that because there are so many needs to meet, and we should meet them, there are homeless in the streets. We should do something about that. And we want to support our law enforcement and first responders. We should. We want to care for kids in the schools and help them learn to read, and we do. We want to feed hungry people. We want to help people who are getting out of jail make good transitions into our society and into our church. We want to care for medical needs for people who cannot afford through the normal channels to get it. We want to help people who are struggling obtaining legal residency in our country any way that we can. There are so many different ministries that we want to do, and we do at Family Church, and yet those aren't the main thing. Those are important, but the main thing for us is telling people about Jesus Christ, teaching them the Bible, building families, and helping people learn how to be good neighbors. And I think keeping that on the front burner is vital. Did you add anything to yeah, that? Yeah. You know, it's funny. These ministries, you're not careful. They can replace the local church in the lives of the believer. And that's a scary thing. And so you want to make sure that the the leaders that are running these ministries are fully bought in that this is not just this is not an alternative to mm-hmm. the local church that this is an extension of. And so in everything that they're doing you want to make sure that that these leaders actually are helping to drive those efforts into the Sunday morning environment so that they're connected to the vision and the big picture of what the church is trying to do. So I think one of the things that any church of any size can do is take a look at all of those ministries and help the leaders of those ministries to buy into the idea that the Sunday morning gathering of the people of God is vital. And uh, the more that they do that, the better off it's going to be. Yeah. We might have a unique opportunity right now. I know churches are in different places right now when it comes to um, reopening and getting things started back up after the pandemic. We're in there still a replanting season here in South Florida. So we haven't started everything back up. That's not to say that we're not going to start some things Mm -hmm. back up, but we did take the opportunity to focus on Sunday mornings as we began to regather. So what would you say to pastors of small and medium-sized churches at this point in in their Mm -hmm. journey, you know, if they haven't started everything back up, how could they perhaps consider making a shift at this point? Well, if you can't make a shift right now, it's going to be really hard to do it later on. I mean, this is the time while everything is shut down. And look, just remember, every ministry has a lifespan. None of these ministries are going to last forever. They're, they're not going to last in perpetuity. And so this is a very good time to take a step back from working uh, in the ministry and maybe work on the ministry a little bit and try to figure out what the next iteration of your church's ministries need to look like and develop a path forward. You got to help these leaders to see what the destination is going to look like. And Pastor Jimmy did such a good job of that while while he was systematically reshaping some of the ministries of, of the First Baptist Church of West Palm Beach, Family Church. He was also casting vision for what we want to be, a network of neighborhood churches, 100 campuses all over South Florida, having a regional impact. All of those kinds of things help you to refocus your energy towards a greater global vision that every one of those leaders can then focus on. Yeah, and I also think that when we do that, we're keeping in step with what's happening culturally. So let me give you a couple of examples. Um, there's a restaurant that I like to go to called Flanagan's. Well, uh, when Flanagan's reopened after we were all shut down for COVID, their menu is different. No more swordfish. I know. It takes me off. Swordfish <laughs> yeah. is my favorite. They're grilled swordfish, but they don't have it because they all these restaurants figured out, hey, mm-hmm. here's the here's the things that we're offering that are not 
making enough money for us. Mm-hmm. They're not bringing enough people in. They're not making enough money. So they just took them off the menu. Whether it's shrimp and grits at ER Bradley's, whether it's swordfish at Flanagan's, or whether it's a tuna sandwich at the City Diner. Ugh. There are all kinds of things that people change. So when we change, you know, the other day, Chris and I went to the gym. We go to the gym at five o'clock in the morning. We get done and uh, I say, I need to get some milk. So I go to Walmart to get milk because we have a super Walmart right near our house. Aaron and I live near each other. Go to our super Walmart. Did you know that Walmart doesn't open till seven now? Right. No. They've been open for 24 hours <laughs> my entire life, as far as I know. And I went there at 640 and it was like, no, we don't open until seven. So yeah. even Walmart has figured out, let's close our store for the time that's now making a profit. Well, we need to do the same things. Mm-hmm. What is it about our church? What ministries are we pursuing? What kind of things are we doing that we know we should stop doing? They're not profitable for our mission or they're less profitable than other things. And let's take this opportunity to whittle down our efforts, to whittle down our focus. And if we can be more laser focused, and plus, there are some things you need to start doing that you can't do as long as you're doing these other things. And you've Mm -hmm. got to clear some space in terms of resources, in terms of energy, in terms of staff, in order to pursue the new things that you see in front of you. Mm -hmm. So Pastor Jimmy, you're really good at kind of systemizing things and making some steps of action. So if somebody's listening to this today and they're hearing this and they're saying, yeah, that's right. I mean, when you said that same thing, my Publix used to stay open until 10 and now they close at nine. I went the other night and it's like, what do you mean it's closed? Well, they must have figured out that nine to 10 isn't that profitable. So now we're going to keep closing at nine. So how could the pastor look at what he's doing and say, like, what are some steps that he would take to get from where he is, maybe feeling like, too wide and too thin and spread across too many things to refocus on Sunday morning. Well, I think Aaron's suggestion a moment ago is exactly right. This is your moment. So I would just start by making a list. Mm-hmm. What are some things that your church is doing right now that if you had no barriers to stopping it, would you stop it? So if there was no political cost to you, there was no group of people that were going to get mad, there was no donor that was going to stop giving money, make a list of those things. Now, you may not be able to stop them all, but what if you stop some of them? Make a list of the things you wish you weren't doing. For some of you guys, it's, I wish we didn't have a choir. For some of you guys, it's, I wish we didn't have this children's program uh, on Wednesday night. For some of you guys, it's, you know, this certain Bible study that you have to lead or whatever. Think of the things that are not Sunday morning that you have to do as a church, that you have to fund, that you have to resource, that you wish you weren't doing. Make a list so at least you know what things you would like to change. And then also make a list of what it is about each one that keeps you from doing what you know you should do. And you may make a list and the list may be substantial enough that you go, you know what, as much as I would like to stop that, that makes no sense. I'm going to get killed. I'm going to get fired. It's going to split our church. Okay. Don't split your church. Don't get fired. Don't don't do that. But there's some other things after you make the list, you go, you know, really, we could stop doing that. Mm -hmm. We don't have to keep doing that. And then I'd make another list of things that you know you need to do. Things that you would do. If you stop doing these things, you're not just going to put your staff on more vacation. You're not just going to take more vacation time. You don't want to just lose your volunteers. What would you do with this energy, with these resources, if you could, that would actually move the ball down the field in your strategy for your church? Excellent. Would you add anything to that, Aaron? Yeah, I would just say, think about the those, after you make that list, there may be a few things on there that could actually draw attention to your Sunday morning environment. So maybe Very you have good. a Bible study that's meeting in a home and it's catching a lot of traction, but some of those people don't show up every week 
Well, what if you had your best Bible studies offered on Sunday morning at an alternate hour that would force them to be on the campus? So find ways to maybe drive energy towards the Sunday morning environment. Yeah. And I think you've done a good job with that too, because Aaron and I both uh, were youth pastors for many years before we became lead pastors. And Aaron, we've learned that even with our youth groups that try to find ways to drive our highest youth group attendance and energy to our Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. We do the same thing with our children's ministry. Mm -hmm. That is such a great point. And everybody could find ways to do that, Mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. All right. So any final words of encouragement to our pastors who are leading during this time and who are wanting to drive more energy to Sunday morning? Any words of final words of encouragement or advice? Man, everything we said, but just if they really are going to be 52 special events a year, make them special, make them fun, make them feel like family dinner, make them uh, celebratory, enjoy them. And uh, people will want to be a part of those, those special events. Yep. And everything rises and falls on leadership. And if the lead pastor buys into how special and how important those are, other people will too. If you actually think or act like other things are more important, Everybody's going to pick up on that and you're going to get more of what you honor. So to all of our listeners, thanks so much for joining us as we talk about replanting, renewing, and reimagining church in 2021. Why don't you join us the next time and we'll talk about standardization versus customization in a multicultural, multi-generational, and multi-site format. I'm Jimmy Scroggins signing off for Leslie Bennett and Aaron Philippone, Church for the Rest of Us. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins or check out FamilyChurchNetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want to hear what you're doing so that we can all learn from each other. We're in this together. We are church for the rest of us. Until next time, this is Jimmy Scroggins. Staying flexible, adaptable, and agile, all for the sake of the gospel.